Welcome to the Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman, founder of Hoffman Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help fellow Gen Xers simplify complex wealth issues that are important to Gen X. We do this by cutting out the mundane material and using a refreshing approach to finances in a way this skipped generation appreciates. Join us for this ride where we explore financial planning and wealth management as Will Hoffman draws from almost 20 years of experience and brings to you qualified guests to help be your latchkey to tricky monetary affairs. Hello and welcome to Monetary Mixtape with your host, Will Hoffman, where we talk about the ever-forgotten Generation X. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Will. How are you today? I'm great, Wendy. How are you? I'm good. So we have a guest today, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 we do. And um, it may seem like it's a departure from the norm um, with the topic that that we're going to discuss, but... Uh, if you remember back, we did a, a really uh, in-depth series on college planning. We exactly. talked with uh, the FAFSA guru, Tina, uh, about you know getting your FAFSA forms ready for financial aid. We talked with Jack Delahy about uh, preparing your, uh, your student for college and how Gen X parents can really help their kids get the best uh, application um, necessary and start really at the beginning of your freshman year on on looking at schools and and having you know the strongest application and and um story possible when it comes time for for college to start analyzing um we talked a little bit about uh college savings which is you know our specialty and, and where we focus with our clients and after that series we had a lot of questions about things for college uh potential college athletes and and trying to navigate the landscape of the NIL uh, opportunities that exist, and we're going to let let our guest Justin King get into that here in a second. But uh, we do have Justin King from LIG Sports Group, um, and Justin has an incredible uh, resume, not only as um, as an athlete, but now as a professional. He was regarded as the nation's number one cornerback coming out of high school. Uh, which is a high school local to to us here in in the Pittsburgh area. Um, so so I've known about Justin for quite some time. I'm also a Penn State fan, which is where uh, Justin matriculated to and had a tremendous collegiate career so well that um, he had uh, he was selected in the fourth round by the St. Louis Rams. Um, had the and Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, but had the fastest forty time in in the combine that you participated in, right? Not that year, actually second. Uh, second fastest. Year, yeah. Chris Johnson was one that year. He ran four two four, so the combine record was broken the year I ran second. So okay, the year it been. <laughs> but but very fast. Had a great career with the St. Louis Rams, then the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and uh, finished out his career with our hometown uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and then he turned to the business side of sports. And uh, had a stint with the Cleveland Browns, which uh, I don't know if we can factor in some booze there for the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> but uh, worked with the Cleveland Browns um, and then worked with the XFL with with another local executive, Doug Whaley, in, in the XFL, and, and now is working as a uh, NIL advisor. Um, so welcome to the Monetary Mixtape, Justin King. Thank you so much for joining us and I'm really looking forward to to some of the discussion we're going to have, but thanks for being here, man. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I think it's a 
great topic to talk about, especially gearing up your listeners for college and the nuances that are in the sports business ecosystem now. Yeah, well, and, and that business ecosystem really expanded recently with uh, college athletes being able to participate in, in the name, image, and likeness uh, for themselves and 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 profit and and really now become a little bit more business minded much earlier in in their careers. Absolutely. Um, just just real quick, can you um, can you talk about what NIL is? And and what that name, image, and likeness opportunity that exists for for student athletes have. Sure, from a high level, NIL in the college athletics world stands for name, image, and likeness, where it gives college athletes, student athletes, opportunity to earn money off of their likeness, name, image, and likeness through endorsements, selling merchandise, social media, personal appearances, coaching, or even doing training for camps and things of that nature. It's a big deal because before this past couple of years, it's um, in 2021, it was illegal for athletes to get paid that way. But the construct of what NIL is, isn't necessarily new, right? Because we saw right. LeBron James on an $80 million contract with Nike back in 2003. And so that essentially is NIL, but now there's just more avenues in which the colleges were sharing the revenue and now they're letting the players and athletes um, get an opportunity to monetize their likeness. Right. So now- when I go to the uh, the Penn State bookstore to buy a Justin King jersey, and you're in college, you would have received some of that revenue. Very small amount. If now we get into the weeds, <laughs> if you want to talk about like the fanatics, and now we're getting into the vendors and right. know, guys owning their own name, image, and likeness, and all those uh, nuances of what happens. But technically, yes, like the NFL, okay. if you should buy a jersey, if the school has done a deal with either fanatics or a company, a merchandise company. Depending on the splits, the athletes will get um, some proceeds from that. And, and even most importantly, and, and now I'll have um, I'll be able to play with my kids. EA Sports is bringing back NCAA football now that that they can um, share that revenue with with the athletes. Well, they are, and I mean, just to give some context in that, because that's in the legal battles right now with the Brander Group um, actually suing EA Sports because they did a deal and tried to did a deal with the universities that they actually had group licensing rights to. So essentially okay. EA sports did a deal with all the universities and there was a group that was supposed to be an intermediary between the negotiations and they weren't involved. So now there might be a pause on the game because there's a uproar on the value placed on oh, players. They're only getting $500 for participating in the game, which, you know, a lot of bubbles get burst within this whole NIL system because we got to really identify true market value. A lot of times market value from branding, marketing, and NIL is completely different than the monetary value that the school might place on you from a scholarship standpoint or even going to the professional ranks. So understanding the nuances of that and the value or the power and leverage of players having a union right now in college sports, they don't have a union. So it's a whole bunch right. of individuals that have to sign for $500. So that's something to check out. But Hopefully we get the game coming out yeah. <laughs> this year. <laughs> so when it comes to student athletes and, and NIL, um, some of the, the areas we're going to talk about is, you know, high school athletes that are planning on playing at the next level. What things do they need to look out for or prepare themselves for, or should their parents be preparing themselves for? Um we're going to talk about how does NIL fit into choosing a school or 
or quite frankly, having the school choose you um, as someone that had you know over fifty scholarship offers when you were heading to to college. Um, a, a lot about that. When should an athlete start an NIO exploration process? And then we'll we'll wind up with you know talking about how you work with athletes and, and things that um, if somebody's looking for an NIO advisor, things they should be asking and, and processes they they should be looking for. Um, so first, when when a student athlete is picking a school and making that decision, how should the NIL objectives fit into their their college selection? So again, the name NIL, how does that fit into when we're talking about the different collective um, imprints on the university, how you can make money when you're going to the university is, is a conversation. But I think looking at your college university or that college selection is still remains true of how can that university enhance your brand, your professional brand, your sports brand. And I mean, that's the same decision that I had to make coming out of high school it was like, okay, what can Penn State develop on top of the football player? Like what, what, uh, what levers does this ecosystem have to pull? And I think that's the baseline of what athletes or just college students need to be looking for when they're looking at the different NIL exploration opportunities. Um, but to do a true NIL, uh, I guess, exploration or deep dive into when that is possible, I think it was when you determine that you want to make money from the sport or that you want to have any type of monetary, uh, I mean, receiving any monetary benefits from the school, whether it's a scholarship offer, whether it's wanting to play at a professional level. As soon as that becomes a, a goal of mine, the NIL slither of that pie needs to start being mapped out because before we okay. get to mapping out NIL and activating NIL, we have to determine if there's any value there for the NIL. So what do we have, like to say at um, LIG Sports Group is name, image, and value is our focus first and foremost when it comes to high school athletes. So I understand that you're, some people revert to me as a NIL advisor, but it's more so, uh, I guess, a holistic business management from the whole standpoint. And okay. in high school, it's different than in college. So we deal with athletes coming out of high school and athletes that are in college going to the pros and throughout the pros as well. And it's just the business operations look a little bit different. So for a high school athlete or parent, first, we have to determine where is the actual value? Because I think once we realize what value that we're providing to the ecosystem, to the coaches, to brands, to whatever that is that we're going after, then we have to curate what that value looks like, right? And then it has to be authentically true. But when we're talking about sports, and I say, and I say value, I mean, to get to the division one level, we're talking about the top five, 6%. So before anything, that value is established, we have to make sure that the skill level and things of that nature, that we're separating ourselves from the pack. And so that means getting into that 6% and making sure that our value is irreplaceable. Um, okay. So that's our step one in that exploration of NIL. So, um, so my my seven year old saying he wants to be a professional baseball player, we should probably hold off on the NIL exploration process at this point, right? Well, not necessarily. I would ask him. <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's fun. It's fun to say this because, like, I would say, like, I would start asking him, like, who's his best, who's his favorite players, and then why? Like, why is he okay. attracted to certain baseball players? And then he'll have his brain starting to think of, like, okay, well, how do I like? Um, Dela Cruz from this play. And why do I like right. this player? And then we started talking about like, okay, what are you attracted to? And I think you could start having that conversation of like, oh, you like home run hitters or you like flashy players or you like yeah. this. And like, and then it's like, okay, how is your game? If this is something that you want to do, how do we then, you know, direct that attraction from the casual fan to the core excellence or the core 
um, specialty skill that you want to develop to attract fans to you. Like, I think that is a conversation that you could start having at seven, eight years old. Yeah. Um, because it's just a concept that gets lost. And a lot of times when we think of talking to high school athletes and we say NIL, people just immediately go to like, who's marketable? Who's on social media? You know, there's just a whole new right. avenue of- Or how much can I make as fast as possible is, uh-huh. you know, probably the biggest hurdle that, I mean, it's- It's the cart I, before I, the horse. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but there's also- there's there's real planning that needs to happen before we get to the cart. So like that's the part that I think a lot of times is missed when we think of athletes and getting there. Because anytime that I'll challenge them, like when someone calls out an athlete that's their favorite, they're typically the best in the profession. We could use a Pittsburgh athlete now. That's kind of I would say the the godfather of NIL, and that's Pat McAfee. I mean right. from Plum, Plum Borough and all those different things. And and if anyone doesn't remember when he left the NFL and retired, it was an early retirement. All the journalists were beating him up about like, hey, what are you doing? You're trying to get into broadcasting. You can't do that, X, Y, and Z. But he understood the value that he brought into the ecosystem that he was bringing. And in doing that, he was able to build what he's able to build. But the one thing that never that I think gets lost is how good of a punter he actually was to be able to do all those things to begin with. Sure. Whether it's like having the platform for the brand, um, the personality to go along with it. So like having that authentically curated brand from West from Pittsburgh, I've seen it in high school to West Virginia to playing with him in the Colts and seeing what he's kind of grew out of his career. It's not a, it's, it's not by accident, but at the same right. time, I feel like a lot of casuals forget how great of a punter or his actual talent level was in the sport that he built his platform on. So you, you mentioned something there. If, if you are starting to benefit from name, image and likeness as a, a high school athlete, you know, and, and can that transition along with you to college? Um, you know, have those barriers come down where now if you're profiting from, uh, I, when we talked, you said your daughter's a tennis player. So if she is re- receiving name, image, and likeness, um, you know, endorsements or opportunities as a high school tennis player, and now Penn State wants her to come play tennis there. Can that all transition with her? Does she have to stop what she's doing and start again? How does how does that work? No, absolutely. All those things transition um, with her. And if anybody listens to my, I mean, podcast, we had a uh, uh, the Blue Chip Academy. We had a episode called "It's Only Entertainment," and in that we talk. It's in the importance of the letter of intent over name, image, and likeness deals because that's the conversation that needs to be had when there's a high school players coming into college and you're sending that letter of intent okay, like what deals can I keep in place that I'm bringing in the high school? Like they have to sign with every major corporation that you guys sign for. Am I going to get an insurance policy? All those different things that kind of come along with the educational benefits that get lost sometimes in the NIL um, emergence. It's like there's educational benefits from the the lawsuit with the um, Ed O'Bannon situation in the NCAA. So like there's a right. lot of maneuvering when it comes to uh, educational benefits, what the college can actually provide for you, the deals that they have signed. So there is some nuance in there, but you want to make sure that when you're coming out of high school, that your brand identity can transition into college, right? So like yeah. I do feel like it in a weird time where we got conference realignment and things of that nature, that the game actually is getting more favorable to the regional athlete, like guys that stay within the regional area, whether it's me going from Pittsburgh to Penn State and playing on the East Coast and the pros, or like Miles Sanders is a great opportunity 
a great example of somebody being a top level player in high school um, at Woodland Hills in Western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. going to the middle of the state, being a top level player at Penn State, and then going to the NFL in Philadelphia and uh, building a brand there. So being able to brand, build the brand all those years, maybe not being able to monetize in high school based on the rules, but now when he's able to create a brand now, it's able to flourish because it's been activated and that fan group that we're activating is consistent and real throughout his career. Okay. So, um, so then when, when should, you know, an athlete or or athletes and their parents start that the NIL exploration process? I mean, the exploration process, I think if a matter of them getting a deal in high school, I think that's player to player, right? After we develop that, there's, there's some level of individual value, then you can start looking around and seeing if your state allows uh, that to happen. So I would think, I would think sophomore, junior year, once you're established as like a top level player, whether that's offers, different publications and things of that nature. But really when you're looking at a school and you have offers and you're trying to determine which school you want to go to, and you're looking at their NIL opportunities, I think it becomes a little bit more nuanced to where you want to see like, how are they using the new rules and NIL opportunities to help me be a specialized asset in their ecosystem? Like, what are they doing to, to do that? Are they just giving me money? Are they giving me resources? Are they make it, helping make those different connections? Like, who's actually supporting the new rules, right? Because you can have right. new rules in place, but the operation can be flimsy. And so, therefore, it's just all these different opportunities and you can't take advantage of them. So, then it becomes evaluating the opportunities at the different schools that you're looking at. I think that's the key thing for high school athletes going into college is like, how can these universities benefit and throw lighter fluid on your situation when it comes to building your own personal professional brand and sports brand. When in college, I mean, this has become a new department for colleges. I mean, they've all added NIL offices and, and departments. And, you know, you see on, um, I I remember going to a pit basketball game last year and you look at the program or the roster online, and they all have a dollar sign next to them on how to get in touch with this athlete. If if you're a car dealership and want to, um, you know, work with one of these athletes, all of their contact information and and programming is right there. Because what you're pointing to is though is that we keep getting lost. That's why I say like nil, and I say the value yeah. of what it is starting there is nil is a at the end of the day a talent acquisition mechanism. So like okay. regardless of what we're talking about of who's signing deals and whatnot like nil and college sports is how can we use this as a tool from the university standpoint to bring in the best players and offer that guidance so in that i mean that's where the evaluation comes from from families and players that are going into college because i mean we know that the percentages of who goes to the pros and who who doesn't but there's an opportunity to have that jump start whether it's a professional career getting out there if you're in the fishing and putting yourself out there as the name, the, the main person in, in fishing. And you can kind of leverage all these different opportunities and building a brand outside of the sport that you're playing. I think that's the unique opportunity that presents itself. Like uh, how a resume looked when I came out of college versus how a resume can look now is completely different and you can get paid to make it look that way now. So, I mean, it's really understanding what value, that's why I say starting with the name image value, what value are you trying to project? like put out there and who's going to help you do that. So it's an individualized track. Okay. Um, what, when, when it comes to you working with athletes 
and their parents, you know, in, in this process, do you, do you have a specific process that you use, um, to work with these guys or these folks or, or these, um, these athletes? Absolutely. So, I mean, and from the high school standpoint, um, like I said, we, I, not really an NIL advisor, just to clarify more so like I mean, business manager and then right. and there's NIL advising in that, but for the high school, we have a, a, a program called the blueprint of success, um, recruiting player development. NIL advisory program, which is essentially a year-long advisory where we go through understanding where your value is, what the next steps are to make you a, val- a valuable asset in terms of getting into college. So from that standpoint, and then we start bringing out the 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 beginning stages of laying out your NIL plan. So as you're developing, we're thinking about, okay, how are we building this sports brand around the actual value? But our whole piece is making sure that there's actual meet there right it's not just the icing of the nil but like what is actually the cake of what we're doing like what value are you providing to a university so when we come through nil from the high school standpoint is a small piece now when we get to making that transition and how like how we're picking schools we're along the whole way from the advisory standpoint and i think that's a completely different scenario than what we're dealing with college athletes when we're building out full brands at ecosystems like penn state and helping athletes pick their pick their agents, helping athletes with the pre-draft operation, helping athletes put a infrastructure around them when it goes to going into the league so that they can then monetize and benefit off of being that true sports asset that they are as a professional. So it's a little, I mean, it's a little bit different in different areas, but the main way that we work with athletes is an objective guide to get to their um, desired destination, um, especially in high school and the pros. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Monetary Mixtape because you want to learn about financial planning and wealth management. If you have any questions at the end, please head over to www.hoffmanwealth.com or look in the show notes to schedule a call with us. Yeah, so it, it sounds a lot like um, you know, we had Jack Delahy on who's working with kids on their, their college applications um, and building their academic story. Um building their extracurricular story to how they're going to you know fit into that university enhance that that classes um experience it sounds like this is a very similar process but from an athletic standpoint am i right 100% i mean i, I would say that more of a sports business standpoint because like i think the one thing that a lot of athletes and families that recognize is the minute they step onto a college campus and step on a scale, like they're in the business. So when you say, when does the exploration start for NIL? It's like, to me, I mean, if you're serious, <laughs> that's why I said seven or eight year old isn't that young. <laughs> but if you're like your ninth grade, the minute you step on campus at Penn State as a 13 year old going into ninth grade, we are evaluating you like a grown man. So like, if you're not prepared, that's that's on you. So like sure. my whole thing is operating from a place of leverage and have an acceleration plan. So the earlier, the better and understanding the nuances of each piece. So when you're then putting your infrastructure together, you know where you need to provide value or you know what value you need to make sure that you're um, having the output that you intended on having. Okay. So leads me to another question. What about, in? Like you mentioned your daughter's a, a tennis player, um, non-team sport athletes when it comes to, you know, tennis, golf, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is even but the esports, mm-hmm. um, a lot of colleges are having esport teams. I'm going to make the assumption, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that 
um, these NIL opportunities exist for them as well. I don't know if it's it's the same, if it's still governed by the NCAA or or what, but when it comes to an individual athlete that's that's not necessarily a team sport athlete, um, can that pro- does that process start earlier because they they may forego college. They may, you know, you know, when you think about a, a golfer, their school may not even have a golf team. So they're not really worried about anything other than junior tournaments and things. So does that NIL process start a bit earlier? I mean, it's a great point that you bring up because I think and I think when it comes down to it, the hoopla around NIL and why it's such a big deal is because it's being imposed on the revenue generating sports like football mm-hmm. and basketball. Because historically, forever, I mean, you know, Venus and Serena, they turned pro when they were 15 years old. And I'm right. just getting to the point when we get down to the talent acquisition process in other sports, most people that play tennis at a high level at a young age or soccer at a high level at a young age, there's a barrier of entry. So like, you know that the people that are playing are serious. So like, there's a whole different mentality of getting into the sport. If someone's playing tennis at a top level forever, a part of that is your brand. Like you're playing to become a champion. You're playing to, bec- to dare I say, go pro, like, right. or get some type of monetary value. If you're playing golf at a high level, like I'm doing this to become, to get sponsors, to get pro. If I'm running track, if I'm boxing, all those things, those all those mechanisms are in there. Even in soccer, European soccer. I mean, I've, I've trained when I was in Dallas, I used to train with the um the uh oh man the Arsenal junior team and they were like 13 14 years old and they signed their marketing rights away at that point and i remember being like wow you guys are like more <laughs> professional than we are right now and it's right. like 13 14 years old and then you come to the united states to train with us getting ready for their, um the season but when you talk to them about their business acumen like they're going to academies and i'm just like oh we're just far behind so yeah i think it it becomes it, it mirrors where the talent acquisition process goes, right? Like, so like that's when you talk about in basketball and why Adidas and Nike, like they sponsor different basketball tournaments. That's all a matter of wrapping around the scalable asset, which is the athlete. So for an individual sport, it's the best. Like you don't have to worry about a coach or you don't have to worry about anything. At, you're telling your story from the moment you step on to the court, to the field or whatever that is. Sometimes sure. in football, you have a lot of different, Avenues you have a head coach, or you're going to get playing time. I mean, they might not play younger guys. It's the fo- the game of football is a game to commoditize the player. So like that's where, I mean, it just doesn't work from the business model to pay or just if all 53 players are special, right? You have to have sure. the quarterback, this person. So to make yourself a specialty product within a commoditized sport is a process in itself. So that's why I try to get to the understanding of. Yeah, team sports one way of doing it, but an individual sport you can be even more aggressive. But it's it helps to be more aggressive because just the construct of the sport and the mentalities in the sport are actually geared that way already. Okay. Yeah, that, that, I don't know if that's think, a long answer to just no. Say, it makes a lot of sense. Better, I was yeah. you know I was thinking about because you, you know you mentioned Venus and Serena, Tiger Woods is who comes to mind. You know, even though he went to Stanford. I mean, Tiger Woods was going to be Tiger Woods without Stanford. It was he was he was destined for greatness from the time he went on the Ed Sullivan show at three years old. So he he was was this gut was you know if this environment would have existed then does he still go to Stanford? Does he turn pro? Does he have a Nike contract when he goes into Stanford instead of um, you know waiting until he turned pro? I mean, I think that, that I mean. 
golfers could have still turned pro back then. I think there's still a level of using college again as your developmental yeah. stage, right? Because like at the end of the day, like I would tell athletes in high school, when you, know, you see the rankings coming out and NIL valuations at the at the end of the day, you want to be the best athlete you want to be at right. 21, 22 years old, not at 15, not at 16, regardless of operating and craft and leverage, you want to be the best at 21. So I can see the way that Earl Woods went through everything with Tiger. It's like, okay, we're going to college to compete in these different areas, get like right. that level. And then once you see that we can do it, boom, you hear it from like a Ben Shelton in the tennis uh, court, tennis um, rounds this past year. But when he was at Michigan, him going around, I was like, all right, I'm going to go play the, the, the pro circuit. And if I finish in the top 100 and I feel like I can play with these guys, I'm leaving. But it was still that incubation of how good am I really? And like that belief, I think, is a little stronger in individual sports. And that's why you see that process a little bit more with like, okay, how am I going about it? Right. Like, even if I'm a track runner, like I might not run the hundred or 200 at the beginning of the season, because I'm looking to win at the end of the year. And so for me to peak, I need to start running in May instead of March. So just those different um, developmental plans, I think coming at more of, have more of a staple in individual sports. Okay. We're, we're starting to wind down here because there's a lot of things I could talk about here that I don't know are relevant to our listeners. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely cur- curious about, and you know, when the NIL um, barrier started coming down and I, I was encouraged because, you know, I don't want to ever see anybody's potential not maximized. I want to see them, whether it's financial, whether it's sports, you know, it doesn't matter. So I was, I was happy to see this. What, what's been, what's your, um, you know, outlook, when, especially when it comes to college sports. Um, was this a benefit? Was this helpful? Is this, um, you know, good for the the overall game? Um, is this good for the the you know the NCAA, especially because for the longest time, their motto was most of us go pro in something other than sports. So being able to maximize your earning potential, maybe while you're in college, before you you know, leave, you leave Penn state as a, as a, went into Penn state as a football player and you leave as an accountant or an engineer, you know, how has this been for the overall environment of sports? I think the target or the intention is, is great, right? Like, Hey guys can make money. We can do this different type of things, but understanding the nuance and the actual operation to benefit off these different new rules or NIL without strategic professional support there's a huge gap for players to take a full advantage of. So with that being said, yes, the rule is great, but I think from ecosystem school to school or how the NCAA handles the operation of carrying out these different rules for the players to be able to benefit the way that they need to benefit across the board, I think is lacking. And so that's where I try to fit our group in, where's objective guidance on how to master this from every standpoint, because everyone throughout the ecosystem, I mean, coaches, worried about the team, right? right? Brands are worried about the brands. And even from just a little tidbit behind the curtains, like when I worked at the XFL before all this stuff was coming out, you know, I met with the Knight Commission with Oliver Luck and different things of that nature. And the one thing that the school are trying to protect or like how much they can help build the brands of the players. So it's like, yeah, go out and get a deal if you can and get a deal if, if you want to. But like, if the school's not going to provide their power and the power of their ecosystem to 
leverage that and build the brand of the individual athletes, I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity. So there's a way of doing it, but the schools that really dive in and provide those professional services so that players can truly take advantage of the NIL opportunity, I think is where the sweet spot is. Gotcha. So Justin, if, if our listeners want to learn more, how, how do they follow you? Where do they engage with you? How do they, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. I'm on all social media platforms. Um, but if you want to follow my Substack, winning moves, the elite sports insider, um, I'll have the, the link um, in the, in the bio. And then, like I said, everything else, LIGsportsgroup.com. If you want to make a consultation, you can do that on there and see the different services that we provide and having services that match you up throughout the whole eco, the critical points throughout the whole elite sports ecosystem from player to executive. So that's where we fit. Oh, wow. And and that's, I'm going to, is that a free consultation? If, if parents or athletes want to get in touch with you, that's, that's something that you offer. Sure. Sure. It's a free consultation. 15 minutes. You go in there and just book a consultation and see where we can, where you're at in the ecosystem and provide some guidance to your, your desired destination. And like I said, it's more full service business athlete, business management. Um, NIL is just a piece of it. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's my background is focusing on the money so much <laughs> that we worry that, about it. But that's the thing. NIL is like a slither of the money. The re- the money's around that pie yeah. of NIL. So that's where I'm just like, let's, let's not lose track of where right. the money is because $200,000 scholarship is pretty important. Yes. Well, and, <laughs> and nothing to sneeze at. You're right. And, and like I mentioned, most folks, I mean, look at yourself, you, you spent time in the pros, but your profession now is something well beyond sports and well beyond football. So having, uh, you know, that, that education is very, very important. Use sports as a catalyst to a career that you can bank on. Yep. I like that. That's, that's good. Um, anything I didn't ask you that, that I should have. Uh, I think you got it covered. I don't, I mean, I think everything I clarified everything <laughs> and no, some good information. I think on this. Episode. Yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, you know a, a ton of good information. It's it's going to be a great resource for you know parents of of athletes who are, you know are looking at the next level can get an understanding of of the business that surrounds it and and the potential um, you know for their student athletes. And uh, remember, that's student first, everybody. Student athletes. <laughs> I have to remind the boys at home, my my guys at home, all the time. Listen, we're. I'm familiar with the gene pool. Let's let's hit the books first, and then uh, then we'll worry about baseball and, and basketball and karate and everything. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I like I'll, I'll jump in and say I like to I like to get guys or ladies and like excited about like the sports business. Like I talk to a young kid, like, hey, well, I, want, I want to get into business. Like, oh, you're in this crazy business right now. So like, learn the yeah. sports business. You know, if you're into marketing, if you're into branding, if you're into you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be in the medical profession like there's something for you in here if you're going to be participating and making your parents drive you all around to different <laughs> camps and tournaments and spending all the money you might as well get that front row view yeah learn it too <laughs> yeah it's all an education man well thank you very much justin um if you want to reach out or get in touch with me uh chat me up on linkedin uh listed just on there is will hoffman iaf our website, hoffmanwealth.com, is always um, a great place to reach us. You can book a, a free discovery call there if you have any questions um, or if uh, if there's anything we can help with. Wendy, you want to take us home? All right. Thank you, Justin. And thank you, Will. And thank you for joining us today on Monetary Mixtape. 
Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Don't bounce just yet. The streetlights haven't come on. Thank you for listening to the Monetary Mixtape Podcast. If you thought this episode was dope, then click the follow button to be notified when we drop a new episode. Visit our website at hoffmanwealth.com or give us a call at 724-522-5411. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hoffman Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Hoffman Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.